It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back, everybody. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also, you're listening to us early on a Sunday morning on The Bet in Las Vegas on the radio. Thanks for being with us, Raider Nation. The Raiders, 34-17 victors over the Los Angeles Rams. They had to go to 2-0 on the preseason. Another good game. Do us a favor, by the way, if you don't already subscribe to the podcast. Yes, we also have a podcast. You can hear us. Wherever you get your audio, just search Silver and Black today. Do us a favor. Put on the auto download. Every time we push a, sh- push a show, excuse me, then you will get it delivered right to your device. Also, shout out to everybody watching us live on YouTube, on Twitter, on Rumble, and also Twitch. We even go to LinkedIn. Yeah, I can't believe it, but we're there as well. But anyway, we are here to talk about the Raiders' second preseason game to break down all the action, give you instant reaction to the Raiders' second performance of the season against live action. Lots to talk about. And uh, on these shows, as we always do, we bring in our good friend, and that is Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. You can follow him on Twitter or the X now, as it's called, at underscore Murph, M-U-R-F. I am at LV Gully. The show is at SNB today. Murph, you know, yes, it's just the preseason But the Raiders, again, come out, look really good overall, offense, defense. We're going to get into the particulars, but as we always do to start off the show, we start with the voice of the fan, which is you. Want to get your initial reaction to what you saw tonight? What did you get excited by? Any concerns? Anything? Just give us your your kind of um, uh, first opening monologue on what you saw tonight down in L.A. SoFi Stadium, the Raiders' vacation home, as everyone calls it. But give us your reaction to the thirty four seventeen win. Well, Scott, as you know, that I'm I'm typically not overreactionary or get in my feelings about things when it comes to the Raiders, <laughs> but I think it's clear cut that Aiden O'Connell is the future of this oh. uh, franchise, and uh, and we and we certainly have a championship incoming. I mean, that's it's clear cut. I mean, we, I don't know if you heard, but we're going to the Super Bowl, and uh, <laughs> and it, we're going to be led by AOC four or the Irish Cannon or any of the other amazing nicknames that he's already started to develop. But I mean, I think the biggest takeaway, you know, it's um, I was talking about this with 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 my my co-host swag jeff the other day that like you know the the most prominent position in all of team sports is quarterback and so it's hard not to lead discussions when your team is having a you know an evolution or you know a a, a turnover at quarterback and so to, to see this young man come out and to do what he did tonight especially on the heels of the bobby hoyer show like yikes like i mean you know what i mean I, 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 it's there's a lot to be encouraged about with this raider football team and and even beyond him uh, i'll tell you uh, this this youth movement 
that we have with the Raiders, and it's exciting. There's a lot of young players on this football team that are just fun to watch, offensively and defensively. And so, you know, I yeah, it's the preseason, and 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 I joked earlier about you know you know you know overreacting, but I mean for real, like even keeping it in context. I mean, when you look at the way that this team has come out, the sharpness that they have, like what what else do you want? You know what mm. I mean? Like as a fan, what else do you want to see in the preseason and that's your team holding it together and performing well when it, when it's called upon. That's what's been impressive to me because last year you have a new coach, a new system, some holdover players, obviously the quarterback, Derek Carr, and you had the rest of the guys that are, that have now moved on. And it seemed as though it took man most of the first half of the season for some of those guys to get comfortable. Some of them never seemed to be comfortable in it. And I think to your point about the youth movement, that's what has been so interesting to watch because that youth movement is, you know, these guys have only been in this system now. They come new into it. It's fresh minds. And you talk about Aiden O'Connell, we'll go into him in a second. But you look at all of this and you say, you know what? Sometimes you come in and it's all new to you. Everything's new to you. And you don't know anything else, right? So I think some of that takes hold. And then the the players who were here from last year who've already been through the system for a year, they obviously look more comfortable with it. And that's, to me, what I see. The second piece, and we'll talk about this as we move on, is the defense. I mean, the defense, look, are they perfect? No. Do they still need talent? Yes. But overall, you see the effort and I think the communications, remember, communications were a big issue last year. Patrick Graham yeah. liked, he took some of the heat, and he should have. But this preseason thus far, again, we're only in the preseason, but overall, it just looks as though his system, the guys he has now in that system, have really gelled and are taking to it. And they're adopting the culture, they're adopting the system, and they seem to believe in it. Yeah, you know, and that it, there's definitely a different spirit and a different dynamicism uh, when it, when it, when we watch this team. You know, we we talked about it last week when we were at Allegiant Stadium, just watching the sidelines, watching the way that you know the players were interacting with each other, looking at the way that the player or the, excuse me, the coaches were interacting with the players. Um, there was just a different feel on there, and I'm not going to pin any you know any change on any one player or another. But look, the bottom line is that there were leadership voids uh, with this football team, and we had certain players leave and we've seen players step into those voids and do well and really like you know start to i, I always i feel like i always have to like preface our comments because i, I can just see people <laughs> in the youtube comments being like if it's only preseason game week two I, I hear you man but i'm just telling you the optics so far so good like we start to see that there's an an inspired team on the field and even though it's preseason, you could definitely tell a difference when one guy was playing quarterback versus another guy was playing quarterback. So there's a there's an inspiration that, that's going on there, and these and these young players that are coming up and emerging as leaders on this football team. We know Devontae Adams is a leader. We know Max Crosby's a leader. Those are the two guys that are the faces of our franchise. But beyond that, like when you find when you see these younger guys stepping up. And, and 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 not only in performance, but in the way that they're lifting their teammates up. Man, like again, there's 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 there are some things to be critical of, but there's not a ton. Like you could see positivity go, and and the young guys buying into this new culture and this new organization, and fans have a lot of fans have been so critical of McDaniel's and Ziggler and the whole Patriot Way thing and all that. And and I guess it's fair because any criticism is fair when the team sucks. So as <laughs> as we start to see though that that things 
are evolving on a on a positive note. I mean, you got to embrace it, man. I do. Like, yeah. I mean, what else are you gonna do, right? Like, right. I'm not gonna anticipate. That was my new word I came up with, Scott. <laughs> I'm not gonna anticipate. I'm not gonna think the Raiders oh, are just Murph. gonna automatically suck. I'm gonna root for them to be the best team they can possibly be. I want Josh McDaniels to be the best coach. I want, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. Who I, I want them all to be the best they possibly can be because I want my team to win. So I'm going to expect that until they don't. Yeah, absolutely. And and anticipate is a very good one because I think a lot of fans, and God bless them. I mean, look, Raider fans, all of you have been through so much over the last three decades. And it's hard, right? So you get, you, you get your hopes up and then they're dashed. You get your hopes up and then they're dashed. But now I think to this point, even even I know fans out there, they might not want to do it just yet. And, and I'm still I still have my skepticism. But even the coaching, I mean, I know they're going to be vanilla overall in the preseason. But look how this offense has opened up. Look how the players now in the offense and a quarterback especially are operating within that system. It's just a better fit for who they have now. Nothing against former quarterbacks. It just is what it is, and I think that's key. And we'll jump into the quarterbacks real quick because, first of all, we got our first taste of Jimmy G in a Raider uniform, and he goes 4 for 4, 39 yards, 107 quarterback rating. Just played the one series. He needed to get out there. He hadn't played in a while, obviously, because of the injury and uh, last year in, in San Francisco, but then also the surgery in the offseason. He looks sharp. And I think that was big for this team in the second game to have their starting quarterback come out and go down the field, lead them to the first score uh, touchdown as well. Uh, that was big, I think, for fans to see and for the team to see and for Jimmy Garoppolo, frankly, to get out there with that unit and get some feel. Well, uh, you know, I'm glad everybody else got a chance to see it because I didn't. Shout out NFL Plus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My NFL Plus didn't kick in until after the first freaking drive. And I'm like oh. scrambling on Twitter and, and like some of the listeners of our show are made men. And everyone, I'm like, what happened? What happened? What happened? And I'm getting, thank, thank goodness we got good, uh, you know, a good crew in the Raiders circle here in the inner circle because uh, everyone's giving me play-by-play updates and what was going on. But, um, but anyways, but yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I know it was – I've heard this a little bit on Twitter tonight. Well, it was our ones and it was their twos. Well, okay. Well, our ones did what they were supposed to, supposed to against do. their twos. So Amen. that's like, what else? Like, again, that's where I look at, like, sometimes when people are critical about certain things, I'm like, I, I guess you're just picking to be critical about whatever. Cause you're just picking to be critical about anything in your life, frankly. Um, and I, and I wish, and I wish you better than that because you know what I mean? It's, 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 um, it's encouraging, you know, to see what our, our offense go out there, do what it's supposed to do. See, Jimmy G go four for four, you know, 39 yards, 107 passer rating. Like that's, there you go. There's a Jimmy G kind of drive. Like, yeah, he's not throwing it 70 yards downfield. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Aaron Rodgers. We don't need him to be. We just need him to be four for four for 39 yards <laughs> and a 107 on an opening drive touchdown. <laughs> the end. Like that's all you need. So if that's all we're going to get, then cool. Yeah, and and then and then you get that first drive out of the way, and I think most of us, I was expecting Brian Hoyer to play tonight. I figured, hey, he'll come in for a drive or two, right? Because he's a veteran, you just want you want to get him some game action and some game feel. Didn't do well. I'm not even going to the stats; it's not worth it. But what was clear to me through all of this, and our friend Hondo Carpenter over at SI. Uh, said it. He said he was going to ask in the post-game press conference, which is going on right now, which I'll, I'll look at after the show's over and use uh, on our show coming up next week. But 
um, he was going to ask him, why are you even playing Brian Hoyer? Because Aiden O'Connell has performed so well, uh, you're taking snaps away. The kid needs to see as much action as possible. So he finally gets in in that third quarter. Aiden O'Connell finishes the night 11 of 18, 163 yards, two touchdowns, a 127.8 passer rating. And I don't care if he's going against ones, twos, or threes. Aiden O'Connell continues to impress. And again, he's not a gunslinger. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's none of those guys. But what he is is he's efficient. He's accurate. He's calm in the pocket. And not only that, Murph, man, for a kid who comes in and has to absorb this very complex offense that Josh McDaniels puts on the field, he just gets it. I don't see many mistakes. He had maybe one or two errant throws. Other than that, though, he had maybe three, three, maybe four. I got to double check. Passes dropped on him. Again, he had two last mm-hmm. week as well. It's going to happen. It's all right. But overall, man, is it? it's just so hard not to like this kid in root form. And I'm not crowning him Tom Brady version two or anything like that. I'm just saying well, this kid again, though, Murph, this kid again, to me, Unless something crazy happens between now and the final game against Dallas, to me, he's got that second job locked up. I don't see how you cannot give him the number two spot. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, to start off on Hoyer, I mean, I, I have a feeling that Brian Hoyer may not make this football team. I feel like he's just like an extension of the coaching staff at this point. Uh, and, and, and so I would be curious to see if they let Chase Garbers go or if, or if Hoyer sticks around. And if and really, and if that's his value is to be an extension of the coaching staff, then maybe you do, uh, you know, you do retain him as your as your emergency or, or, or whatever else, or your, you know, your P-Squad guy. Um, but anyways, yeah, he, he, he didn't look great at all. And then you got... Uh, you know, O'Connell comes in and, you know, the big knock against O'Connell was his lack of mobility. Right. And I think that as fans, I think that we overrate the, you know, the quarterbacks that have like this huge level of athleticism to where they're game planning around their ability to run the football and all that kind of stuff. I think we really overshoot that because when you look at the quarterbacks that are, have been in the Super Bowl, I'm not even talking about the ones that have won, but the ones that have been in the Super Bowl, you know, it's Tom Brady, it's Nick Foles, it's Jared Goff, it's Joe Burrow, and yes, you got Jalen Hurts, and yes, you got Russ, and and, and Patrick Mahomes is a unicorn, so you can't count him. But like for the most <laughs> part, like you look at the guys that play quarterback and end up in the Super Bowl, they're that style. Now, I'm not going to compare him to Tom Brady, but that's that style. It's that one-two balls out. Like, bam, bam. And that's and in this offense, as you mentioned, Scott, it's highly complex. And, yes, they're running a vanilla version of it. But the guy is still executing it very, very well. He escapes pressure pretty darn well. He can get out and run a little bit, enough to get you a first down. And I got news for you, Raider Nation. That's all Patrick Mahomes does. He's just a baseball player. All he's doing is just <laughs> sprinting out there and sliding, right? So that's all you need a guy to do is just convert that, that, that first down. But then to me, though, like, and I'm with you. He's not a gunslinger, but he's got velocity downfield. We saw him split some defenders tonight and fire that thing in there with accuracy. And he's got the freaking, I could say cojones on the show, right? He's got the freaking cojones to drive that thing in there, man. He's not floating that sucker out of bounds. He's not just putting it up or whatever. And that's no shot at anybody else that wore number four, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like he's just freaking firing that thing in there, man. Yeah. Like that's encouraging. Like what else do you want to see as a fan, man? I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm getting ready to go get my AOC four tattoo next week. 
<laughs> a tattoo already. Oh, my goodness. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue on Ain't No Comment because I have some more thoughts there, too, and I know you do, too, Murph, uh, and we'll get through the show here. Uh, so stick with us. We're going to be right back in just a few seconds. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast, also heard on The Bet in Las Vegas. Don't go anywhere. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. Silver and Black today, the post-game reaction. Yes, Raiders, 34-17 win on Saturday night down in Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium, the Raiders' vacation home. Team, again, looks very, very good. We're going to finish up our conversation on Aiden O'Connell, and then I want to talk a little bit about some of the other uh, things we saw in this game against the Rams, including the defense. I had some folks in the YouTube chat talking about, is this defense any good? And I have an answer for that. But back to O'Connell to close out on that, as you were saying before the break, um, uh, Murph, was the idea that he gets the ball out quickly. Yes, he does. And the thing that I watched closely, too, is when he missed passes or when he got flushed out of the pocket, a couple times he made completions, he found the open receiver. The times he didn't, what I found was he would even still try to get the ball to an open receiver or a receiver that was covered, but his ball placement, Murph, was so good, he would put the ball on the outside shoulder of the receiver knowing the receiver probably not going to come down with it, but you never know, right? So he puts the ball out there, not on the inside where it can get picked off, not where it's going to be thrown into the ground or any of that kind of stuff. And that's what impressed me is that even when there's not a play to be made, he still tries to find at least a window where there's low risk, but an opportunity for a player to make a play on a ball. And to me, as a young quarterback, having not played in the NFL before, that's where I've been really impressed with him because even when it's not there, he will try to do it, but he doesn't do it in a reckless way. Yeah, man, you're uh, you're you're really hitting on some feelings there, and and you know I I've I've declared you know a while ago that I wasn't going to talk about Derek anymore, but I mean it's hard not to, as you guys have said, it's hard not to compare. You know what I mean? You have to. We we've we've got nine years of history with one player, and so it's hard not to consider that history when we're evaluating the future of this position. And I think that's one of the things that used to frustrate us so much about Derek was that he didn't give his pass catchers the ability to make a play and you think about back in 2016 you roll the clock back you think about Andre Holmes Jared Cook Michael Crabtree right he, he would give those guys the ability to go up and make a play at some point it felt like the give up started to kick in 
There was the more of the passes in the dirt, the passes out of bounds. It, 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 he, it felt like he moved away from that ability to let, like, do exactly what you're talking about. Put the ball in a spot to where it's not going to be, be at risk of a turnover, but give your guy a chance. And so to see this young man do that, I think that's one of the things, again, that's so encouraging for us is that, you know, we, we haven't seen that. We haven't seen that in a hot minute. And so, and what else do you want in the NFL? The, the idea of like, you know, well, giving it up on a play and like moving on to the next one, I get that concept too. But when it's fourth down or it's third and 15 <laughs> or whatever, and you need two scores to win, like that ain't the time to freaking just tap out. Like, no, let's try to make something happen. And so I think that that, that, that Aiden O'Connell certainly seems to have that. And you're right. He's not reckless with it. And that's what's important too, is that he's not a gunslinger. He's not Brett Favre. He's not just being like, oh, well, you know, Antonio Freeman's down there somewhere. Let me just go ahead and fire a rocket and see what happens. That's not what he's doing. He's yeah. putting it in positions to where he, his players either going to be successful or they're going to move on to the next play. And that's so I'm with you. And he does put the ball downfield. That's not to say he's just showing, throwing short passes. He throws the ball downfield, but when he does it, it's it's right in the range of the receiver. He threw a couple that were just a little bit long, but you know what? With all due respect to the guys that were out there tonight, if it's a if it's a Devontae Adams or a Hunter Renfro or or one of those guys, or Jacoby Meyer, probably will grab it, right? Because they have a little more speed, a little better hands. And to me, that's what I was so encouraged by as well, was he's putting the ball in the right place. The other thing, and we can close out on him right now. I know everybody's excited in the YouTube chat. People are talking a lot about him and how much they like him. Uh, and yes, in the YouTube chat, a lot of people said Jimmy G had a good night too. Yes, we let off with that, talking about Jimmy G in his one series and how well he did. But at the same time, the thing that just is, again, so impressive outside of the technical pieces we already talked about is his demeanor. He is calm. Even when he gets flushed out of the pocket, he looks like there's no hurry. And to me, you know, with a young quarterback, you saw with Stetson Bennett tonight, who I think is actually going to be a pretty good quarterback, probably a, a lifelong backup, but nonetheless a good quarterback. You saw him get a little nervous at times. Aiden O'Connell doesn't get shaken by anything. He really gets. And that's where we had on our show this week, a guy who covered him at Purdue, Tom Deanhart, and he talked about how cool and collect this guy. Nothing bothers him. He is so even keeled. And actually, it reminds you a lot from a, from a personality standpoint, actually, of Jimmy Garoppolo. And so then you start to think, okay, so Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels saw this kid. They met him at the combine. They got their interviews in. He is the mold of the player. He plays within the system. He doesn't try to freelance, right? And that's what Josh McDaniels demands. That's what frustrated Derek Carr. Derek Carr was open about it. Hey, we're trying to do these things, and Josh McDaniels wants me to do these things, and he's checking out a place. Look, some quarterbacks do that. Some coaches are good with that in their system. In this system, you have to work within it. And Aiden O'Connell, I believe, it goes back to being in the right place at the right time. Now, for those of you not convinced on Josh McDaniels, whatever it is, it's clicking for Aiden, Aiden O'Connell in this system with this coach. And enough cannot be said about that, Murph. That is a big deal being selected by the right team, the right system. If he had gone to Buffalo and become a, bu a backup in Buffalo, probably not going to have the same success. But in this system in Las Vegas with the Raiders, it seems to be a perfect fit thus far. And, that's, and that, frankly, was a little surprising to me that, you know, I think when we as Raider fans saw 
Aiden O'Connell drafted in the fourth round. I don't think any of us were thinking like, okay, here's the future of our organization. <laughs> and, I, and I let off my comments tonight with that, but I was purely, I mean, that's a joke, right? Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we're a long ways off of finding out if he is, but maybe the Raiders think that he had that ability. You know, maybe the Raiders, maybe yeah. Ziggler and McDaniels think he had that ability. And, you know, because I was thinking like, okay, here you go, Patriot Way fan. All right, so what did the Patriots do? They draft quarterbacks, they develop them up, and then they trade them off for draft capital. It's an investment. It's Matt Castle. It's Jimmy Garoppolo, if you want to talk about him. They draft these guys in lower rounds. They, they, they coach them up, and then they trade them for more than what they acquired them for. It's an investment. I thought that's where we were going with Aiden O'Connell. Well, and we still may. But here we are. Everybody, I think, can agree the idea that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be your bridge quarterback. So if you can coach up Aiden O'Connell and he's able to flourish in this system, well, then maybe Jimmy's a one and done. Maybe could be. You know what I mean? Like maybe Aiden O'Connell is fighting for it or has the starting job next year. And I don't think any of us expected that, but that's, it might be headed in that direction. Again, long ass way to go, but that could be where it's going. And I loved what you said too about his demeanor because, you know, football is such an emotional sport and, you know, it's emotional for his fans, but it's mostly, it's emotional for the players. But the bottom line, man, if you listen to all the greatest coaches of all time, what's one thing they, a consistent message for them, you never get too high, you never get too low because right. emotion, you can't sustain. Right. We saw it last year, or not last year, the year before when, when the Raiders went to the playoffs. That was all emotion. That was a team playing way above their talent level. That was 100% emotion. Well, that's not sustainable. You can't win year in, year out being that emotional. You have to right. have some sort of consistency, and that's and so you want your leader, your quarterback, to display those traits, and so far, so good. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great point, Murph. In the chat on YouTube, Javi Ramirez says, hey, where's the fan love here? Give him a voice. Javi, this is Murph. Maybe you don't know Murph. Murph is the host of Raiders Fan Radio. This is our voice of the fan segment. So Murph is on. He's a great representative. He's also part of the One uh, Nation Foundation, which we'll get into uh, before we say goodbye to Murph later. But um, so, Javi, that's what it's about. Murph is here as a fan, and he's talking from the fan perspective. So hopefully you enjoy it, man. We appreciate you being here, Javi. Uh, but, yeah, so, so Aiden O'Connell. So let's look at some of the other things, and I know everybody's excited about it, and we're going to talk about them all week. I'm sure you'll talk about them on your show on Wednesday night. So make sure you check in. Go follow Raiders Fan Radio on YouTube, on Twitter, everywhere you can. And you see Murph's uh, Twitter handle there, at underscore Murph, M-U-R-F. Uh, so so don't miss the show. It'll be fun, I'm sure. And you'll talk a lot about Aiden O'Connell. I can't wait to hear Jeff and Michelle talk about him. I'm sure they're going to be very excited. Uh, but let's oh jump gosh, in. Jeff's already shopping for jerseys. <laughs> I saw him. I saw him. I mean, he's using the Irish cannon name, too, so I love it. Yes, I'm trying to push it. Absolutely. Uh, but, Murph, other players we want to look at. We look at Zamir White again. Another good game. 10 carries, 40 yards, a four-yard average. You like to see a little higher than that? I was saying, hey, 4.5 would have been good early in the game. He was about five and a half yards per carry. He doesn't get a lot of work here. The, the, the bottom line here, I think Zamir White's going to be a good NFL running back. Is he a replacement for Josh Jacobs? Absolutely not. I think what I see in the running game in the preseason, my only concern, and it's not really a concern because Josh Jacobs will be back for week one. I have no doubt about that, but it goes to show you the difference in, in level of play and talent, frankly, between Josh 
in between Zeus, Zamir White. And to me, it's good, but that's the only thing I'm a little nervous about. If Josh Jacobs, for some reason, stands on principle and decides not to play for the Raiders this year, which I just can't believe would happen, they'd be in trouble there because they just don't have an explosive back like Josh Jacobs. I mean, it's, and, and very few teams do, right? <laughs> I mean, like Josh Jacobs is, is, I mean, there's a reason he was the rushing leader last year. And, and so, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, it's, uh, you know, that's, it's no knock on Samir White to say he's no Josh Jacobs because, I mean, there's only three or maybe four running backs in the entire league that you would rather or wish to have on your team. Um, you know, of that caliber. So, um, yeah, he's definitely going to leave a void. Uh, and, and, but I'm with you, though. I, You know, it's so it's such a, been a huge story um, for all of us in this offseason. But at the end of the day, you know, the Raiders have all the leverage. There's no way Josh Jacobs is going to, you know, go through the opportunity cost of leaving $10 million on the table. That's $10 million more. He's going to have to earn in his career in order to make up for that, just to get back to even, I don't think there's any way that, that Josh Jacobs, you know, doesn't come back and, you know, will he be as sharp in week one as if he were to have been through camp? I think it's fair to call that into question, but then if you've got somebody like Zamir white that can rotate in and out and still be productive, then I think the Raiders are still in pretty good shape. So, um, yeah, I'm I, I'm with you. I don't think he's the answer. It's certainly not, you know, Brandon Bolden, and it's not the other guys that we got in the room either. I like Sincere McCormick is fun. It's fun seeing the number 47 again. Shout out Tyrone <laughs> Wheatley, right? Like, yeah. it's fun seeing that number doing well again. But, but I don't think he's an answer, you know, down in, down out again, because not many players are the caliber of Josh Jacobs. That's correct. And and you want Zamir White, and, and I think the plan is, and it was Josh McDaniel said this uh, at the beginning of training camp, maybe even back in OTAs, which is that he needs to be a larger part of the offense. You need to have him carry the ball more and a change of pace. He just doesn't have that afterburner, right, as I call it, uh, that, that Josh yeah. Jacobs has. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. He is the player he is, and he's a fine player, and I think the Raiders are going to need him. And there'll be times when Josh Jacobs is stymied and you need a little change of pace and Zamir White can come in and do it. And, and to your point about Sincere McCormick as well, there's going to be places for these guys. So so I feel good about that. I just it's hard not to be able to see and not to say that Josh Jacobs would have played. Now, I know he played last year in the preseason, even the Hall of Fame game. I don't know that he'd be playing now anyway. Maybe he would have played tonight for a series with Jimmy G to see how that goes. But, but overall, uh, it's going to be much more exciting, and the offense will be much more dynamic, even though it has been pretty dynamic with Aiden O'Connell uh, and Jimmy G for a series tonight. Uh, but when he gets back, it'll be much more doing that. We look at receiving. Philip Dorsett had a nice night. Four catches, 76 yards. Trey Tucker, after having some drop issues again in the first half, which has been something that's plagued him so far, Three catches, 66 yards. He had a really nice second half. A lot of fans are excited about Trey Tucker because of his speed and what he's able to do there. Uh, and I am, too. I've been skeptical. I watched him play at the University of Cincinnati live all season last year. And so I, I had a little bit of a negative view of him. But I do think this guy will be a development player. I don't expect him to contribute greatly. And I say greatly, meaning that he's going to be some breakout wide receiver for this team this year he's going to run back kicks and do really well but you saw tonight when he is on he's on and he's fun to watch probably the best 89 that the Raiders have had in the last 10 years <laughs> uh, like, 
we're speaking of the four to 89 connection, right? Like, um, but I'm encouraged by Trey Tucker. He's fun to watch, man. And, and like, not only is he fast, but you know, he's stocky. He reminds me of like a, a like of a Steve Smith senior, but junior, like, you know, <laughs> like wearing that 89 and just like the way that he plays, he's scrappy. And, and it was, it was really refreshing and really nice to see that a guy that's had, you know, a challenge with catching the, well, I would say a challenge of catching the football. That's not fair, but like if the, if there's a knock on him, it's his hands at times. And at so times. for him yep. to come up with some big catches, I think it really will do a lot for his confidence. And you know what I mean? You can, and you can coach that stuff up. You know, and it's in it. And, and and so, you know, as you mentioned, you know, there was a lot of criticism around him uh, w- when the Raiders drafted him as far as like duplication of of position with all the slot receivers that we have. But I think he's awesome, man. He's like um, on the offensive side of the ball. Like he's the guy that I'm rooting for most because like you got like your made men, right? You got the guys that are going to, you know, you got Josh Jacobs, you got Cold Miller, you got Jimmy Garoppolo, you got like those. Those are the made dudes. But this is one of those guys, obviously, Devontae and, and Hunter and this is the guy. Trey yep. Tucker's my guy. I'm I'm really rooting for that makes the roster. And I was just thinking, like, it'd be fun to like you got you got you got Jacoby because you could put Jacoby in the slot, right? So you got Jacoby in the slot. You got Hunter in the slot. You got Devontae White out on one side, and then oh yeah, you got this little guy 89 out here on the other side. <laughs> it's just gonna run a nine route when the once the safety bites in and freaking let Jimmy Garoppolo, the guy that can't throw the deep ball, just lob one up there for 50 freaking yards and let Trey go run underneath it, grab it, taking it for a touchdown. Raiders win. Super ball that's it my prediction <laughs> Absolutely. okay yeah we're going to come back mo moton will join us he's finished his bleacher report live segment uh so he's doing double duty as we stay up late into the night on the east coast with mo uh when we come back for this final break just for a few seconds mo will join murph and i will close out the show so we thank you for being with us by the way paper tiger on youtube i love this you ready for this murph he's calling sincere mccormick mini wheats I like that. I like that nickname. We're throwing out all kinds of new nicknames. I love it. All right. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast, also heard on The Bet in Las Vegas. Don't go anywhere. We are coming right back. All right. Welcome back. It is Silver and Black today, the postgame edition, listening to us Oz an Odyssey original podcast, or you're listening to us on the bet in Las Vegas. Thank you all for being with us. Scott Branson, along with Murph from Raiders Fan Radio with our voice of the fan. Also, my partner in crime, my co-host here on Silver and Black today, always. That is Mr. Mo Moten. He is the NFL senior writer at Bleacher Report. Follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. Murph is at underscore Murph, M-U-R-F, and I am at L-V Gully. All right, Mo, we got you in now. Murph and I have been uh, going on and on about Aiden O'Connell, about the Raiders and what's going on. Give us your reaction. What did you like tonight? And what's the big storyline for you? I like the fact that Murph was able to tell the future with his facial expression after I (laughs) (laughs) quote tweeted him about Brian Hoyer getting snaps today. Yes. But no, but no, seriously, I I think in all honesty, I think Aiden O'Connell wrapped up the quarterback two position tonight. I mean, the offense was crisp when Jimmy Garoppolo was in the game, stagnant when Brian Hoyer was in, also threw a pick six. And then it was flowing again once Aiden O'Connell got back in the game. So to me, it's very clear. It's Jimmy Garoppolo, it's Aiden O'Connell, then it's Brian Hoyer. I said this on Twitter, rest that Brian Hoyer's value is in how he's able to help develop the young guys on that roster. He could be the teacher or the mentor. Don't want to see him too much on the field. But if he's in there just teaching Aiden O'Connell how to be a pro, how to pick up that offense because he has experience in Josh McDaniel's offense, 
that's the way he could be an asset as a teacher, not so much as a player. Yeah, absolutely. And we 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 talked a lot about the quarterbacks as well. And before we get out of the show here, we'll, we'll I want to talk about the defense a little bit. But um, Mo, we both both Murph and I were just so impressed again with Aiden O'Connell for a, a lot of reasons, not just his accuracy, not the throws he made. But also what he doesn't do, and that is 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 make errors, uh, unforced errors. Number one, I talked a lot about even when he was flushed out of the pocket and the play was not going to happen, he would throw the ball on the outside shoulder on the sideline so that if anyone's going to get it, the receiver would get it. Even if the receiver had a very small chance of making a play, he did that three or four times tonight. And to me, that's just so impressive for a kid coming out of college that's not been in live NFL action. I don't care if you're playing third stringers or not. The reality is he's making very good mental decisions on the field within the system. He's not breaking out of it. He's not freelancing. He's doing what they're asking. I think he's very well aware of his, of his skill set. And what I mean by that, remember, Scott, last week I said this. I said one of his most important plays is when he was able to pump fake and get the defender to jump so he can throw the ball away. Yep. Most rookie quarterbacks take a sack there. They take a 10-yard loss and back their offense up. Aiden O'Connell understands he's not the most mobile quarterback, so he's not going to try to outrun a defender. You know how many times I saw Baker Mayfield early in his career try to outrun defenders and get caught? It's like, Baker, you don't run a 4-4. Stop. Aiden O'Connell understands he's not the most mobile quarterback. He understands he's not swift on foot, so he has to be crafty. And to be able, again, to be able to pump fake, get the defender to jump so he can not take a loss, throw the ball away, and lift the plane up the down, shows that he has the intellect. He has the football IQ. He understands his skill set. He understands his strengths and his weaknesses. And that's why he's able to make those quick decisions in the pocket. He knows what his arm strength is. He doesn't have quite a cannon. I know we were trying to push the Irish cannon. Nick, doesn't have quite a cannon. <laughs> but he can make he can make all the throws on every level of that field. And you saw you you've seen that in the last two preseason games. He can go deep, he can go short, he can go intermediate. And I think I think that's exactly what you want to see out of your back quarterback. Smart, gets the ball out quick, decisive, decisive decisions in the pocket, and he showed that. And I, that, and that's a part of the reason why I think he is sewed up for quarterback two position. We don't need to see the third preseason game to know that Aiden O'Connell should be QB two by week one. Midtown Mo with another great, uh, a great point. And by the way, Raider Worm on YouTube Mo is said that Midtown Mo tonight is midnight Mo. Yeah. So yeah, there you that, go. I love we, it. This that, show, that, that's another nickname, t-shirt. This, the nicknames coming out of this show tonight are just insane. Murph, I want to start. <laughs> I want to start with you on the next subject, which is the defense. I told you earlier, quickly in passing, that I'm just really impressed with the way the front of this defense is playing. Constant pressure up front, which is mind-boggling because the seven years I've covered the Raiders, I have not seen that consistently up front uh, since since Khalil Mack was there. Uh, but also the fact that it seems like this team, they're deficient in talent on defense still. Linebackers, I was still, I was like, eh, watching some of the linebacking play tonight. But at the same time, the Patrick Graham system seems to be sinking in with the veteran players, and then the young players coming in seem to be adopting it well, adjusting it well, and that communication seems to be there. You know, and I, I, I'm pushed back just a little bit. And of course, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a crazy That's fan okay. and I, uh, you know what I mean? I get, ex- <laughs> I get excited about the smallest things, but like, like what, what, like Curtis Bolton, like watching him play in these past two preseason games, 
that dude is flashed, man. Like if 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 Trey Tucker's my guy on the offensive side of the ball, Curtis Bolton's my guy on the on the defensive side of the ball. You know, we saw Spillane have some plays early on. Luke Masterson, man, that was kind of my guy last year, and he's just he hasn't really jumped off the screen or the field and what he's had going on. But but Curtis Bolton, like he it's I thought he was smaller than what he is. For some reason, I was thinking he was more like a DB build, but he's not. He's like six foot two twenty-eight, and the dude can freaking move and the way that like I guess maybe because he's a number 36 and like I just equate that my old brain to a to a DB but like the, the, when you when you see him and the and where they have him playing and the way that he he'll he'll get in there I think he did he have a sack tonight or almost had a sack tonight or like he was I mean that guy has been flashing all over the field in the preseason and like so I, I'm a I'm a big fan I think that we underrate just like we did on the offensive line last year. I think we underrated the Raiders confidence in Carmen Brasillo and his ability to coach up the existing offensive line. I think we're underrating Patrick Graham. And listen, I'm not a big fan of D coordinators with PG for initials, but like, <laughs> I think that there's a, there's a world where Patrick Graham has got the guys that he wants that are plug and play. And I think that we see these guys, you know, start to have some success players that we didn't expect. Like I didn't go into this off season thinking like, Oh, Curtis Bolton's going to be the guy that's going to be you know be balling out in the preseason but he's on every play like that guy's all over the field so i don't know man i i again yeah please mo tell me i i <laughs> i actually agree with murph here i actually i was hey! just on my bleacher report live and i said the linebacker core the back end of it is showing me something now they're not making the splashy plays all the sacks i'm right bernie had a splashy play at a sack last week but drake thomas an undrafted rookie with 12 tackles one for loss today as as Murph said, Curtis Bolton is a different player. I think Vic Tabor said this at practice. He said Curtis Bolton looks like a different player. And Antonio Pierce, who's the linebackers coach, said that Bolton is playing more off-ball linebacker this year. So I think he can get a lot more snaps on the defense and not just be a special teamer. Darian Butler isn't going anywhere. As Murph said, Luke Messon not really showing me much. I think Darian Butler is ahead of him on the in the pecking order. But he's another one who's been all over the field. So I think Bolton, Bernie, and uh, Bernie, Drake yeah. Thomas – those guys and Butler, I think those guys are showing that they're not the bottom of the barrel. They they may be able to contribute no, this year. And I, and I think, I, not to say that they're starters, because that's right. supposed to be Divine Diablo and Robert Spillane. They're supposed to be the two lead guys. But I think the depth is there, and I think those guys are growing into their position. And the other thing that's important is it was noted that Curtis Bolton's communication has improved on the practice field. He's a veteran. He's about 27 years old, going to be 28 in December, I believe. So he's not young. But it, let's say if something happens where Devon Diablo is not in the field and you need a communicator in the middle of that defense, Curtis Bolton can actually be that guy. He can. Uh, Mo, we God, have, if 27, go ahead, almost 28 is not young, then you and I are in big trouble. <laughs> for football years. that go, Yeah, football years, that's for sure. <laughs> um, we got about five minutes left, guys. Um, let, me, let me ask you this, Mo. Uh, you look at that, that, that entirety of the Patrick Graham defense – are you getting the same sense that I am too? It just seems as though even when they get, they get the ball moved on them a little bit, we saw the Rams with a couple nice drives in the game for sure. It just seems though they're, they're in the right spot. They might not make the play, but to me, they seem to be the coaching staff, I think deserves a ton of credit because I think these players have grasped this and they are doing what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be in the play. There's a couple of minutes. A lot of people talking about Meek Robertson having a bad, a bad night. It happens. Everybody does. But clearly, these guys have a good grasp 
of what this defense is supposed to run like, and they're out there doing it. I have a comment about Isaiah Polamalu's interception, his pick six, because yeah. I was just on Bleach Report Live, and a lot of people said, well, the ball went right to him. And my counter to that is, how many times have the Raiders defenders had wide open interception and it just goes through their hands? How many times have we said that about Raiders defenders where you got to bring in those easy interceptions? You got to bring in those easy interceptions. And then Isaiah Polamalu finally does it, and then people are, are saying, oh, that was an easy interception. How many times have we watched Trayvon Merrick? Amari Bernie last week and Duke Shelley each dropped an interception. Amik Robinson dropped an interception tonight. So Raiders defenders have been dropping easy interceptions over the past years. Isaiah Polamalu brings this one in and not only brings it in, but takes it home for a pick six. And I think that part of that is the ball hawking mentality that we heard from training camp. You bring in a Marcus Pierce who not only picks off passes, but he's trying to score. And I think that's important because even if Isaiah Polamalu is stopped short of the touchdown, he sets that offense up for, for you know, five yards out from, from the goal. I don't want to say it's an easy drive, but it's a gimme at that point that you could just run it in, you know, two to five yards and get your six points. So I think it's important that he, number one, held on to the football, got the interception, but also would have put his offense in good position, even if he didn't score the, on the pick six. Absolutely. Um, as we close out the show, a couple things. Number one. And I know there's a lot of good things going on for the Raiders, but I think you're going to see, and tell me both if you guys disagree, I think, again, the story is going to be Aiden O'Connell just because he's playing so well as a rookie. And again, it's not like he's going to uh, fight for the starting position here. I, I don't think anybody has that expectation, but it continues to be a very good story. We had some folks in the chat saying it's only a story with Raider fans. It's not a national story. That's not true. I mean, pro football talk, Rich Eisen, a bunch of shows did stories on him. It's a national story. He's now put two of these games together. It's going to be a bigger national story. You agree with me on that, Murph and, and, and Mo? Totally agree, man. I think that it's it, it's not only is it becoming a national story, but like if, if two weeks ago, were any of us comfortable with the idea that, okay, what's the big knock on Jimmy G? He's injury prone. Okay, so if he gets hurt, what are we going to do? We're screwed, right? Well, now, like, at least the feeling amongst, you know, the, the, the folks that, that I interact with in, in terms of the Raiders fan radio inner circle and our, our fandom, we're not sweating it. If Jimmy G goes down for a few weeks, like, all right, like, we're, we'll be okay. I mean, I'm not saying that, again, well, or maybe he will go undefeated, Aiden O'Connell, and, and marches to a Super Bowl. But <laughs> if, if in the case that that doesn't happen, at least can he go in there and be efficient enough, which is what you want out of your backup quarterback, to lead, look at what Marcus Mariota did as a backup. Look what Jared Stidham did as a, as, as a backup. Can you efficiently run the offense and put the team in a position to be successful and potentially win the football game? Is there anybody out there that doesn't think that at this point Aiden O'Connell isn't capable of that i would challenge you if you said you didn't think so because the thing that was clutch there scott is like what you said is that now it's two in a row it's one thing to do it once but can you do it again what have you done for me lately janet jackson right like did you do it a second time and i think that that's the thing that really freaking drove it home for me i'm gonna let you close out uh this conversation mo give me your take just a quick note brent sobleski who's my colleague at bleach report is writing a national column and he 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 you know, he hit me up on the side and said, what is the story out of the Raiders game tonight? And I said, it's Aiden O'Connell. And he was like, of course it is. He looks great. I, I saw a tweet from one of the top guys at Pro Football Focus say, this is a pro throw that Aiden O'Connell made. He threw an absolute dime. I believe it was deep in the Rams' ter territory. 
a lot of people are talking about Andy O'Connell. And as Murph said, if if Jimmy Garoppolo was the guy, if he was an Iron Man, never missed a game or barely missed any time, the Andy O'Connell story wouldn't be as big. But the fact that we we kind of expect Jimmy Garoppolo to miss, you know, at least a couple or a few games, it's a big deal because your backup is probably going to have to play behind Jimmy Garoppolo, and you yep. have to be ready for that. And you and if you you saw the game, you don't want that to be Brian Hoyer. I'd rather it be Aiden O'Connell, even though we only saw him twice. He showed that he's capable <laughs> enough to move that offense out bad against backups, but he showed that he's actually earned that quarterback two spot, and Brian Hoyer has it. So I think because of Jimmy Garoppolo's injury history, as Murphy alluded to, it is important. It is a big story. It is a big story, and that's going to that's gonna close out our post-game reaction show tonight. We want to thank everybody for being with us and for Mo dropping in late and doing double duty. Murph, as always, coming on and being the voice of the fan. Make sure you check out Raiders Fan Radio as well. One Nation Foundation, they raise money. you got to check it out. Uh, they're doing a great job. Make sure you get over there. Supports Raider Nation and uh, also the Fred and Blitnikoff Foundation. So, guys, we will talk to you this week. Mo, I'll, I'll be back with you on Tuesday. We'll pick up the show. Guys, have a good night. You too, Scott. All Man, right. Scott, have a good right. night. See you, Mo. <laughs> right. See you, Mo. Thank you, guys. I appreciate everybody being with us. And everybody on YouTube, wherever you're watching us, Twitter, Twitch, Rumble, wherever you are, thanks for being with us here on the postgame edition of Silver and Black today which you can hear as an Odyssey original podcast, also on The Bet in Las Vegas. Do us a favor, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. Hit us up on YouTube, Twitch, wherever you're watching us as well. Subscribe, hit the notifications bell as well. For our producer, Mike Robier, for Momotin, for Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, I am Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today. Take care, everybody.